live from the old National Bank State Street studio. Across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Here we go, Abdallah. It's a Wednesday night. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Bears Packers this week, week 18 in the NFL. And and the question that I want to start things off with you tonight, Abdallah, is this. like, Are people looking at this game with the mindset that whatever they see could sway them one way or the other, whether it be they want the head coach fired, whether they want the quarterback back, whether they think Eberflus can be the guy for the long term for this team. Like, I, I think a lot of perspective that I've had in the last two weeks watching this Bears team come together is they're winning football games and they're kind of right exactly where we thought they would be heading into the season. And it's a conversation we've had now in the last month. You and I had it uh, two Mondays ago. We were, we were on location at the Edison Park Inn. And I said to you, how do you think losses were supposed to look when before the season started, we projected the Bears to be an eight-win team. You win eight games, it means you're going to lose nine. How did you think those losses were going to look by the time, you know, like when it's all said and done, a loss in the National Football League usually hurts, usually sucks. Usually there's a lot of things that don't go your way. It's upsetting, and people are upset after those situations. So if the Bears are able to pull off a win against the Packers this weekend, finish eight and nine, to me, that's progress from what we thought was coming into the season. Oh, listen. Right here, you heard it first here, Black and Abdallah, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Because you and I, before the season, we both said, probably not making the playoffs. Like, best, best case scenario, they're a wild card team, right? And as long as you're in the second to last week of the season, towards the end of the season, and Kornacki's out there on Football Night in America and explaining playoff scenarios, and you're involved, mission accomplished. And that's exactly what it is, right? This is a, if you watch the Red Zone, you hear it every week, where wins become losses and losses become wins. And sometimes you're on the wrong side of it. And the Bears were on a historically wrong side of it three times this year. So I think it sucks a little more because you're like, look, the Broncos game, they should have had. The Browns game, they could have had. Like, there's, there are, are the, the, the Lions game. You could have swept the Lions this year. Yeah. Like, there have been more opportunities where the losses are a little more painful because of you were winning with, like, three to four minutes left in the game. And because of the defense letting you down or coaching decisions or Justin Fields costing you the game by turning the ball over – that's why those losses sting a little more. Like, I agree with you if I just, I said this last night with Tyler, that if I had fallen into a coma the night before the season started and woken up today and yeah. been like, oh, there's a chance for them to go over the win total, this is exactly what everybody wanted. This is exactly what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, and this is exactly where they have been. I keep going back to the Lions situation from last year. They were 1-6 to start the year. They ran a bunch of games together. They had an opportunity to knock the Packers out. If they won, they did. And that let everybody know the Lions are here. We're putting you on notice. We're going to be a threat next year. And guess what? 
They won the division this year. They're in the playoffs. And I feel like the Bears can have that same kind of vibe heading into the offseason if they win. Now, to answer your question, yeah. I don't think it's going to matter for uh, Matt Eberflus. I think regardless, he's back. You know, this is now a top five defense in the NFL since like week nine. They're top four in the NFL. So to me, he's solidified himself as coming back. I think that the decision is still yet to be made about Justin Fields and about Luke Getze. I think if they come out and they play really well against one of the worst defenses, according to DVOA and the Packers, that they're at their 28th in defensive DVOA and they put up a bunch of points against the Packers, that I think they could both be back. Maybe not Luke Getze, but I think at least Justin is going to give them some things to think about. Now, if they if it looks like it did the first week of the season and it's a blowout the other way, and the Packers are the one that the ones that win by you know two three touchdowns, then I think the decisions are a little bit easier about Luke Getzey and Justin Fields. Well, and that's why I asked the question because I, I do think that there is the possibility if things go south, right? Like in, in the last couple months, we we could say and we could project pie in the sky best case scenario because this team has lived up to it but say it goes the opposite way say that the bears get blown out of this game 30 to 3 the offense looks bad the defense doesn't stop anyone i could see a scenario where matt eberflus does not make it past monday i could see that if, if you lose in a convincing fashion to the packers in a season where there were a bunch of disappointments to begin with i could see him getting fired especially the way that this franchise looks at these Packers games and values these Packers games so much more Mm -hmm. than the others. If you get blown out a second time to Green Bay in a season that you should have been competitive in, that that could be bad for the head coach. I also think that type of a loss and that type of a performance from the quarterback would then lead the Bears from moving on from Justin Fields as we move forward. With that said, you know, the one thing that we can also kind of point to is that we talk about on the show that the NFL season doesn't start until the start of November. Let that sink in. Like September, people always point out now that because of training camp, the way that they don't practice, the the preseason games aren't taken seriously, September's kind of a wash. Whatever you can get out of September is just bonus. And then you kind of you figure your team out in October, and then teams who are good put together runs in November and December. Mm-hmm. And since the start, start of November, the Bears are 5-3. and three. And in starts that Justin Fields has played in, the Bears are 4-2 and two in those games since the start of November. Yeah. You know, the Bears are one of the hotter teams here down the stretch, which we're not used to saying that this team is improving throughout this season. And I think that's where the credit has to go back to that coach. And then I think it also has to go back to the quarterback. If I mentioned to you, and we kind of talked about how, like, the start of the season, what did you expect from this team? The start of the season, what did you expect from the quarterback? To get better, right? And, and he has. He's absolutely improved. He just hasn't improved to the caliber that some wish he would improve to because he's not a top-five quarterback at this moment. But Justin Fields has played good football. He played good football on Sunday when they beat the Falcons. He's strung together some good games here, and he's improved throughout the end of this season, which I think is where you kind of piece this all together. I could absolutely see the Bears keeping Fields keeping Eberflus, spending the draft pick and trading it away, getting back a bunch of stuff for that number one selection and kind of tooling up this team the way that they've gotten to this point this season where they're about to be 
a team with eight wins. They have an opportunity to, to do that against the Packers this weekend. I think that, you know, I go back to the way you and I were such detractors, and rightfully so, of Mitchell Trubisky. And people would say, well, look at the wins. Look at the box scores. What about the games against the, the commanders? What about the games against the, uh, who else did he have a really good big game Tampa. against? Tampa. Against the Bucks. You know? And I would say that, well, okay, I watch the games. Right, I can see. I can use the, source one and source two, my two eyes, to tell me that Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. I can do the same for Justin Fields and say I know that the statistical improvements are not necessarily there, but since he's come back from injury, he's looked better. He's played better as a quarterback. The ball is coming out faster. The sacks he's still taking a couple ones that are unnecessary, but for the most part, they're down. I don't know if he's done enough. For the Bears to say you're our guy for the future because you have that number one pick. I don't think if they if they were not in this situation, yeah. I think if they didn't have the, the Panthers pick, this is an easy decision. You stick with your pick. You stick with Fields. You draft a wide receiver with your pick. And then you try to build with your – you spend your cap money and you do all that. But it's because you have the number one pick, which is why we're forced and, and Ryan Poles is forced to make an extremely difficult decision. And you have to weigh a bunch of options. You know, you have to weigh the human element. The locker room loves Justin Fields. The offense loves... This isn't a guy where, you know, you had guys that were out on Trubisky from the jump. You had guys that were out on Trubisky in that locker room and out on Matt Nagy in that locker room. Everybody in that locker room wants Justin Fields to remain the quarterback. And they're, they're building something. And every player, including Matt Eberflus, says... We're building something. We're building something. Let us keep building. And I think that's what's important when it comes to Justin Fields. They like playing with him as their quarterback. You're right. Like they support the quarterback. You know, I, I think I've said this on the air. You correct me if I'm wrong. If I haven't ever said this on the air, you remember when uh, the season before Trubisky was gone, uh, I hosted a show with Prince of Mukamura, mm-hmm. and I, I told you that. In the commercial break, I was like, all right, what's the deal here? Tell me. Like, can, yeah. can Mitch actually play? Like, in, in practice, does it look? Mm-hmm. And he just shook his head and went, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't get that. Vi- Listen, we've been around TJ Edwards mm-hmm. and A.E. Jackson multiple oh, yeah. times this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the conversation has led me to believe that they don't support Justin Fields. No. They love playing with that dude yeah and and the, you can tell and and you know ross tucker on the broadcast the tv broadcast on sunday pointed it out justin Fields scrambles gets to the sideline and all of the defensive players jump up off of the bench to come over and give justin mm-hmm. a little pat on the head before he went back to the huddle like they they pointed it out on the broadcast these players love playing for the quarterback it's just he needs to play better mm-hmm. now i understand it listen i i'm not uh i don't have my head stuck in the sand what likely will happen is Justin will probably struggle this weekend because he doesn't string together many games in a row where he, he looks great. He'll probably struggle. The Bears will probably have to move him in the offseason, and they'll start anew with a new quarterback who they draft uh, April 24th the fir- at, in the first round with the yeah, first pick. That, they could. I'm, I'm guessing that's how that's, this is going to play out. I don't think that needs to happen, though. I think Justin Fields can be the quarterback for the future for this team. I don't know. I think it's more likely that he stays because Matt Eberflus is staying. I don't think that this coaching staff is going to trust Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus to develop a first overall draft pick, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever they decide, 
or even if they trade back to two or three and take a quarterback there, and you can do both. Like, because you can't, that is the option. To me, it's not Fields or Caleb Williams, it, or Fields or, quote, the number one pick. You could trade back to three. You could get yourself a Bo Nix, a Jaden Daniels. You could do something like that and still have your quarterback for the future and, and, you know, double dip if you wanted to. I just think that it's tough for me to see a scenario where you're trusting either a new offensive coordinator because you decide to fire Getze and bring in another guy who's never called plays before or a guy who's a quarterback coach or you promote or whatever it is, and you're trusting them with the development of the quarterback. I feel like this is a team that looks at Justin Fields and sees the improvement that he's made when they add to the offensive line, when they added DJ Moore, and says, well, what if we add another wide receiver? What if we get Marvin Harrison Jr.? What if we get Roma Dunze? What if we get Malik Neighbors? What if we get a better center? And he doesn't, because we've talked about it with Tom Thayer before on a Bears night in Chicago. That center to quarterback exchange. It's all the world. It's milliseconds, but it, it cost Alabama a football game on sure. Monday night. Absolutely. Like, that means the, the fact that your eyes have to come down even for a millisecond disrupts the entire play. And so if you improve that position and you get him some better weapons, then I think that he can, can improve even more. Mike and Rosemont, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? What's going on, guys? Great show as always. Thank you, Mike. I, I just want to ask you whether the Bears decide to keep Justin Fields or – they go to the draft and, and, and get Caleb Williams or the, the other, any other quarterback on the draft. How come we can't just stick behind who's ever under the center? Let, let's get behind that guy and just root for him. I hear some people saying, trade the number one pick, for, trade Justin Fields. No, whoever the quarterback is, let's get behind that guy. And Are we not going to be Bears fans if they don't keep Justin Fields? That's all I'm saying. I'll be a Bears fan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, not, Mike. Thanks listen, for the phone call. I, I don't think people are not sticking behind. I think people are thinking about the future and how this team can win a Super Bowl. I'm going to be a fan regardless. If they choose to move on from Justin Fields, it's not like I'm like, well, you moved on from Fields, I'm done. If they stick with Fields, too, it's not like, well, you stuck with him and you could have had Caleb or Drake May or Bo Nix or Jaden Daniels or whoever. I'm done. Like, that's not how it works. You know, I'm going to trust in, in, in Ryan Poles right now. And if he believes that sticking with Justin Fields is the best option and getting multiple first-round picks, like going through this article from Jeremy Fowler and Courtney Cronin, the belief is that you could set yourself up to get two first-round picks in 2025, in 2026. Like, think about that draft capital. You, that has to weigh on your mind when just saying, oh, well, let's just take a quarterback. Okay, but what if I told you you could have two first-round picks that could be, one of them could be pretty high next year, one of them could be pretty high the year after that in 25 and 26? Like, there's a lot that could be done with this pick that could set your franchise up to be great in the future. People are like, oh, well, you have to pay Justin Fields. Okay, but if you've got two first-round draft picks every single year, like yeah. you can afford to pay Justin Fields because the rest of your skill positions are going to be pretty cheap. Joe and Cherville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. Um, you're talking about whether or not Fields should be kept or traded. My question is, I don't know anything about how DJ Moore is. Um, a lot of these wide receivers become divas or our divas he keeps coming out and say saying fields is his guy yeah if fields is dealt do you look at trading dj Moore if that upsets him quite a bit and what could you get in return him i'll hang up and listen thanks joe no i'm not trading dj Moore. i think he'll be fine i think he's supporting his guy this year at this moment yeah i I I think think if you move on from justin fields he'll say you know i like justin 
but I'm going to support Caleb Williams or Drake May yeah. or whoever the Bears bring in to replace Justin Look Fields. Look at the quarterbacks that he played with. Did he ever demand a trade before? <laughs> no. Like, he never demanded a trade when he was in Carolina before and he was playing with craft quarterbacks. Fields is the best quarterback he's played with, hands down. So I don't. I think you're right. He's just being the company guy right now. But he might like they legit have a connection. Like I think he'd be upset, but I also think he would welcome whatever rookie you bring in. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're talking Bears football. It's Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. At this point in the Justin Fields storyline, uh, it is nowhere near as toxic as it was with the Mitchell Trubisky conversation in town. Yeah, you know I the, agree. the Trubisky thing was weird because we all saw he couldn't play. Yeah, like even when he played well, he wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. Like Fields, when he plays well, he's played well. They just the teams have been on two different paths. The team was a ready-made team to compete for a championship when Mitch was trying to figure it out where Justin has been a part of a team that's been a complete mess the last two years and now they're starting to figure it out he's also developing is he a great quarterback no but I, I think the one difference is people in town for some reason blindly uh, followed and supported Mitch when he didn't do anything mm-hmm. I feel like everyone in town wants to support Justin he just hasn't played to the caliber where we could all acknowledge that he should be the guy for the future. And I think that people, like, this is how I feel, and I assume how you feel, too. Like, if they do end up trading fields, and he goes to Atlanta, and he plays really well, or he goes wherever, and he plays really well, I don't care. I am not in, I don't follow up and see what my exes are up to. I'm happily married, and I have a daughter. I don't care how, how you're doing. I hope you're happy. But I don't care. Like, I hope Fields succeeds somewhere else if he goes somewhere else. But as long as the Bears get it right, I don't care. Like, to me, it's the same thing as with Jordan Love. Like, Jordan Love can be great. Jordan Love can throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns for the rest of his career. I don't care. As long as the Bears get it right. And this isn't a one-sided rivalry anymore. Like, if the Bears take care of their business and have their quarterback, I don't care how the other quarterbacks play. I don't look like I'm over Patrick Mahomes. I get it. He could have been a Bear. He should have been a Bear. But whatever. I can't control anything that happens now. So if Fields moves on and they trade him to Atlanta or to wherever and he thrives, good for him. Awesome. I hope he does. By all accounts, he's a super nice guy. Go play well somewhere else. As long as the Bears find their next quarterback for the future, that's all people should care about. If you're a Bears fan and you're just 100% out on Fields, the one thing that I would continue to think about as I hear your opinions is... Didn't you ask for him to improve, and that's exactly what he's done? He's not improved enough, Chris. Well, and that's been the case. He has not improved enough, and many Bears fans have have quarterback FOMO. They have a fear of missing out that this number one pick will be a generational talent, a generational guy. And, and you know, like that's where, to bring it back to Justin Fields, you know, you kind of mentioned this 10 minutes ago, but what would the conversation be today if the Bears did not have the number one pick and they were going to pick 10th overall, which they're slotted in at right now, 
with their pick. Mm-hmm. Say, say, eliminate from your mind this Panthers pick that the Bears have. I get it. We have it. It's great. It's fantastic. Ryan Poles is going to do something with that, and it'll benefit the team. Great. If you remove that from the conversation, though, how would you be thinking about Justin Fields? I think a lot of people would be pretty high and positive that Justin's improving and that we're a better team heading into next season and that things are starting to point upward and, and things are... Like, I don't think people would have this outcry for getting rid of Justin Fields if the Bears didn't have this number one pick. Chris, uh, first time, long time, it's uh, Mark in uh, Batavia. Uh, Mark, what if welcome we, to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, first time, long time. Thanks for calling. Uh, what if, uh, now just hear me out because I don't hear anybody else talking about this. Maybe it's just me. What if you package Fields and the 10 pick and trade that for three up. straight up? up. And then you could you could get yourself uh, a Drake May, perhaps. Well, I mean, like... He, I'll hang up and listen for yeah, my answer. Thank you. Thank you for the thank phone you. call. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd say this. Wait, honestly, what what would you feel about Justin Fields if we didn't have that pick? I'd, I'd tell them to take a take Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors. Would, and, would people be yeah. so out on Justin Fields? No. I'm but, doing but the same everyone thing. everyone has quarterback FOMO. Everyone is just so afraid... That Drake May or Caleb Williams is uh, going to turn into the next Patrick Mahomes. What if they do, and though? Therefore, we have to be out on Justin Fields because we have to use the number one pick on a quarterback. That, that's what I've heard in the last two weeks of yeah. Bears conversation. Even well, be, though the quarterback has been improving. He's but, improved. But because you have but that option. improved enough. But because you have that option, I still think that the best option right now in front of me is the seeing the haul you could get for that number one pick. And if you truly could get swapping picks this year, a first-rounder in 2025 and a first-rounder in 2026, which is what... I'm not just making that up. That is what Jeremy Fowler is reporting that the, the pick could possibly be worth, is a f- swapping picks, a second-round pick this year, a first-round pick in 2025, and a first-round pick in 2026. You could have three years... Where you have two first round picks. This year, 25, 25 and 26. You have three first, six first round picks in the next three years. And you stick with Justin. And that doesn't mean you have to pay him. People act like you're giving him, you're gonna, he's gonna yeah. reset the market. He's not going to reset the market. two years until you have to do that. Absolutely. You pick up the fifth year option, it's $20 million. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and it's like over the course of the two years, it, it's about 30. Like $31 million of the two years. So you're essentially spending 15 a year. That's fine. For a quarterback who is played above $15 million a year. He's been an average quarterback this season. Yes. So, I mean, it, it would make sense. And I would say if, if we really want to dive into the college quarterbacks, the most impressive quarterback in college football this year has been Michael Penix. He has. Mm-hmm. He was great the other night in the, the Sugar Bowl. He's advanced to the national championship game against Michigan. Michael Penix is a player who hasn't been projected to be a top 10 pick. What if that's the guy that Ryan Poles says, that's my guy. That's going to be the quarterback of the future. Then you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback number one. You could move back. You can then keep fields for a year. You could do all kinds of... The the options are all available for the Chicago Bears. What did we say, Chris, before the beginning of the season, after Ryan Poles made made the trade and getting the extra first round pick? We didn't know Carolina was going to be this bad. Like, if Carolina had the eighth pick this year 
and you had the eighth pick. The philosophy was that if Fields isn't the guy, you then have two first-round picks right. where you could move up. Now, if you do what I think you should do and, and trade those picks for future picks, you could do that in 25. You could do that in 26. You could get Arch Manning in 26 if you wanted to and trade up and get Arch Manning if that's your guy. Just because you stick with Justin Fields for another year or two doesn't mean you're stuck with him and that you absolutely have to give him the extension. You can pay him for two years, and then if someone wants him, you could trade him before the fifth year. You still have to pay some of the option, but you could trade him, and another team can extend him if they want to. You could just be done with him after the fifth year if you want to. It's not that big of a deal to continue on with Justin Fields. Jacob in Orland Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jacob? Uh, nothing much. How about you guys? We're good, man. What's up? Uh, I just want to talk about Fields, you know? I think the clear-cut decision is to get rid of him. <laughs> Why? Um, I saw the stat the other day. He's yeah. ten and twenty-seven with the Bears. Yeah. Yep. Wins. They've, they've been bad the last I, two yeah, seasons. But uh, if if the front office doesn't count losses against Matt Eberflus for last year, why do they count for Justin Fields? I, I think they should. Why? Um, when they were losing I, I games, think- when when the defense was giving up forty a game. That's that's yeah. Justin I mean, Fields. I feel fault. like Fields just hasn't performed on the level that he was supposed to. I mean, if you, he's just not consistent. I mean, he has streaks where he's good, and then he also has streaks where he's terrible. A lot of quarterbacks do. All right, thanks for the call, Jacob. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Trump twenty twenty four, bitch. Okay, All right. All right. Don't know what that means. Uh, have you been able to do this yet this year? You know, honestly, no. Last night, maybe it's just because you're here. Last night with Tyler, all the callers made great points, right to the point. Yeah, well. And uh, there was no uh, chicanery. No little, no getting jokes off. That's a new year, man. Joe and Oak Forest, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's going on, guys? So I know um, uh, a lot of talk about the generational talent. Last year, the generational talent was Bryce Young. Uh, they were saying, oh, he's the next uh, little version of Patrick Mahomes. Look what yeah. he is now. Um, I feel like we need to take the chance with Fields, uh, develop the team more, and uh, keep going that route. Um, also, uh, with that being said, Russell Wilson's going to be a, a free agent, and it's going to lower our probability to draft him or not draft him to. Um, sorry, my bad. Um, to trade him to another team. So uh, I would say we, we we stick with him. We do that, and uh, I mean I, I'm all bored with you guys what you're saying, but um, I mean. Even with uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, like they said he has like a giant um, uh, release time, and like a lot of these quarterbacks that are coming into the draft, they're um, I mean are are they better than Justin Fields right now? I don't think that that any of them really are. Um, but uh, right, I'll Joe. Let you guys, yeah. What's that? Yeah, thanks for the call, Joe. We got you, and, and I think that's the other side of the coin, right, Abdallah? People say draft the, the rookie quarterback because they're automatically going to work out. You sure about that? I mean, we don't know. 
We don't That's know. why the Bears have always been in this spot, because the quarterbacks have never really worked out. But sure, I mean, I don't really hate the idea of continuously taking swings and trying yeah, to figure it out. To. Um, I don't know if I'm okay just moving off of fields, though. And maybe that's where something's in play later in the first round, that you can bring in a quarterback that you like, that you scout, that you think has the ability to take the job at some point. But then you still have Justin Fields for two seasons, essentially, without having to extend him with a big-time deal. It's all on the table. We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. Black and Abdallah in 2024. That's right. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Eber floats. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. You can listen to the show on the ESPN Chicago app like Coley in Milwaukee. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Coley? Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Coley? Yeah, can you hear me? You there? Hello? Can you hear me? We got you, Coley. Go ahead. Hey, brothers. Um, calling from Milwaukee. Uh, a 4 on 4 cheesehead. But I'm not calling the Bash. I just want to weigh in on the quarterback options. And I would start last year in the 2023 draft. There looks like there's going to be one franchise quarterback. This year in the 2024 draft, there's possibly going to be seven to eight quarterbacks drafted in the first two rounds. I am willing to bet my house, my child. Okay that one of those are going to be a franchise-changing quarterback. Now, the thing that Chicago should do is put his best foot forward. Pick, you know, go through the process, but there is going to be a top, there's going to be a quarterback in this draft. And I don't know if it's Caleb. I don't know if it's Bo. I don't know if it's Shandar. I don't know who it is. But with this many options, there's going to be somebody. And that's my point. Do not let this year turn into we should have took Patrick Mahomes. And now I don't know what you do with Justin. I don't I don't know. I don't know. But the thing I'm hearing in his favor is like, do we want to be San Fran? Do we want to build the ultimate team around him? And I think there's only one San Fran or a a, a Ravens team because I think uh, uh, Lamar falls in that category. You build a team so spectacular around him that he can't fail. And I I, I don't know personally if it's harder to build that San Fran team or to pick the quarterback. And I, I, I hear you guys. And then can I give a shout out? I was listening to Yurko. Sure, give a shout out. Yeah, I was listening to Yarko this one, and they talked about the Olive Garden restaurant. Yes, yeah, bro, y'all cracked me up with that. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, they were talking about a carbonara. Carbonara should be with this. Yes, like, Olive Garden's putting like ten cheeses in. Yeah, so all the cream sauces and, that they have. Yeah. yeah, all that mess. Anyway, I listen to you guys to get a different perspective. 
because we're up here. You can you'll go through everything up here. <laughs> you know, we we've heard bus. He should have been traded. Why did you get rid? Of, we've heard everything. Mm-hmm. I think we lucked out. I, I honestly do. I think we lucked out. But that's that's a story for down the road. And like I said, I, yeah. I'm not calling to bash you guys. But if I was in this position, I got it. There's going to be seven to eight, maybe nine quarterbacks drafted between the first and second. And I will bet my I'll bet my daughter, my two daughters, one is going to be a franchise changing quarterback. One is, if not two. Thanks, right. thanks, Coley. I, thanks I, for the phone call. All right. All right. All right. There he is. There's Coley in Milwaukee it. listening on the ESPN Chicago app. The key is, though, you have to figure out who that quarterback is. Well, yeah, and if you have a better bet, like if you want to bet three or four of your kids, 312-332-3776, let's up the ante here. How many kids can we bet that one of these quarterbacks will pan out? You want more? Well, I'm just saying. He's here. He, he upped not, it from. I'm not taking him. He upped it from one kid to the no, to know, two he, kids. He, he doubled down. No, no. We'll sprinkle I, them among the uh, if producers you, if here. People are calling in to, no, to offer we'll up give, their kids. I don't want them. We'll give Charlie a kid. You, you can take Sean. More. Can have a kid. I don't have room for. I'm more. good. I don't Charlie, have room. Would you like a kid? You want a kid? Yeah, I'll pass. Okay. I think I'm. Sean, think I'm would good. you like a kid? I'll take that as a no. That's a no. Mike on the south side. Would you like a kid, Mike? Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I bet his wife don't know he put his kids. Uh, but anyway, I want to say Did that. that. Hello? Can Hello? you hear me? Yep, we got you. Mike, you there. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I bet he doesn't, his wife doesn't know he's trying to put up. I want to say this. I'm almost 65 years old. I'm tired of us starting over. It's been 40 years since we've been to a Super Bowl. And I think everybody forgets that you bring in a new quarterback, we're going to wait some more years. And then you think the player's going to stay the same age and at the same level. I think, like last year, we were supposed to get Trey Young. But with Bryce Young, he's supposed to be generational. Where is he right now? I think we need to keep moving forward with Justin. Let's work it out. I, we look like we win it for the first time. But I don't want to wait another 40 years. Then all of a sudden the defense is getting old because we're waiting on the quarterback. And my last thing I want to say is everybody's in yep. love with Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. When he, he, he looks great when he's playing JV. But when he's played those real teams, they got in his behind. And then when he gets up to the NFL, it's going to be a whole nother level. So who's saying he's going to pick up in the first year? It might take him three to four years. And lastly, uh, it's, it'll be different if we were San Francisco because San Francisco makes any quarterback look good. We're acting like Justin came into a perfect situation. He didn't, but he survived. So I'm going to let you guys go with that. And I finally can say that I listened to a program that seen, sees both sides. Everybody's been like, get rid of Justin. They act like he came in to a perfect situation. Right. But I just, I don't want to live another five or ten years before we even look like we're going to the playoffs. Thank you, guys. Enjoy you very much. Thank you. I'm with you, Mike. I, I agree with some of that thoughts there and when you look at san francisco and their ability to build up around the quarterback look at the eagles last year i I stand by what i said like a month ago 
I think Justin Fields and that 49ers offense would be just as good. I don't think Brock Purdy is anything special. I had if, to, you, if you want to be I on the to, Purdy train, then no, by all means, I'm you not. go to town no, for no, that. No, no, no. You know I, me. I don't think I'm not. he is. I had, to, I had to mute that conversation, though, on Instagram. There were too many people coming in. Every time I opened up, there'd be like 100 mentions. Getting, of, getting all hot and bothered, hot and bothered over, bothered over that, me yeah. saying that Justin Fields would be just as good in the 49ers offense Absolutely, with that team. Yeah. And that head coach I mean, and look, everything around them. Listen, the Eagles are struggling. weapons. The Eagles are struggling this year. They're still in the playoffs, but look at what they did last year. They built the team, and then Jalen Hurts came in, and he struggled the first year. They stuck with him, and they went to the Super Bowl the second year. And I don't know. Look, they, they've, they lost a lot in the offseason. He's not playing as well as he did before, but they're still in the playoffs. They're still a good football team. And I think that that's something that you can look to. Is Fields making the statistical improvements that Jalen Hurts did in his third year? No, he hasn't yet. But Jalen had a lot more to work with than Fields with is working now. He's working with one good wide receiver. Darnell Mooney's been MIA the entire season. He's had like a couple good games. And he's probably not going to play this week just because of concussions. He's probably played his last game as a bear. And if you bring in Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze or one of these, these wide receivers, you instantly improve Justin Fields' ability to get the ball to an open wide receiver. These are guys that can come in like T. Higgins and play really well. And then you've got two number one wide receivers. And, I, and you, improve, you can improve the defense. You can draft a, a, an edge rusher in the first round. You can get a center later if you recoup your second-round pick from, get, from the Montez Sweat deal. You can get a three-technique in the offseason by throwing a bunch of money at him because you have the most cap space again. Like There are ways to improve this team around Justin Fields. Listen, the numbers don't look better. Like that that's the one thing is people always point with Justin Fields. They'll point to the numbers. Mm-hmm. Passing yards are not there. Uh, he's played three fewer games this season than he did last season, but he's had one fewer touchdown. You'd like some more touchdowns. Now, the one thing I'll give him credit for is last season he threw 11 interceptions. Right now, he's thrown nine. And I know when we just look at the stats years down the road, we're going to forget that two of those interceptions were Hail Marys at the end of halves yep. that are not on the quarterback. He's thrown seven interceptions. So to this point this season, he's thrown seven interceptions. That's a pretty big improvement for a quarterback learning in his third season. Mm-hmm. All of the other stats, though, they don't match. They're not as good. I will say this. He's taken less sacks. Yep. He took 55 sacks last season. He's taken 39 this season. Mm-hmm. Is that great? No. And, and when you look at all the other numbers, they're not better. It's not great. That's what, that's going to be the downfall of Justin Fields. He's improved here at the end of this his third season. Yeah, he's won some football games, four and two since the start of November. Since he's returned as starter, it's not going to be good enough because the stats aren't good enough. That's what people are going to point to. Of course, of course they that's, are. That's what it's going to be. But there's no guarantee like that. You want to talk about pressure for a quarterback? Say this happens. Say the Bears trade away Fields. They use a number one pick on Caleb Williams. Sir, you better be ready week one. This team's ready to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, this team has played well enough in November and December to be a playoff team next season. What if the quarterback doesn't... What if he stumbles out of the gate? You want to talk about pressure? The Bears draft the quarterback number one overall, and he stumbles? Mm-hmm. He struggles? He's loose with the football? Throwing interceptions? You know, like, you want to talk about the heat on a pressure so, uh, for a quarterback? 
if that quarterback drafted number one is not great from the jump and, and certainly an improvement from what we saw from Fields from the jump, even though people are claiming that Williams and May will be, that's going to be pressure on a quarterback. Two things real quick. Since he's come back from injury, he's averaging two and a half sacks per game. Not bad. Two and a half sacks, not horrible. He's had a couple games where he's had three, a couple, one game where he's had one. Uh, but before that, he was taking four sacks, six sacks against Tampa, three sacks against Kansas City, four sacks against Denver, and four sacks against Minnesota where he got hurt. Also, if that quarterback struggles when they come in, and we've talked about the human element of this and the locker room, and if that locker room sees Fields thriving in another location, you don't think that you're at risk of losing some guys if you start 0-4 again? If you start 0-4 again because... Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bone Nix, Jane Daniels is struggling. The defense is playing well, but you're not scoring enough because these guys are getting sacked. They're turning the ball over. But isn't that why it's hard to bring back Eberflus if you're planning to move off of the quarterback? Yes, exactly. Like if you're going to get rid of, uh, if you're going for this number one pick as a guy, then switch the quarterback. Then the coach change everything. And bring in an offensive-minded head coach change to make everything. sure that this quarterback is ready to go with the best tutelage possible. Absolutely. It's Black and Abdal. We have the song of the night coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdal. ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Weeknight, six day, right here on ESPN 1000. You can also listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. That's right. If you're on your way home right now, when you get home, just open the app and bring us inside. Take us into your home. Yeah, take us inside. Show us around. Take us on a tour. You're going to hang out with uh, the family. So throw the ear pods in so you don't have to listen to them talk. I want Uh, you to listen to Black and Abdallah while you're hanging out at home with the family. I want to see where you sleep. (laughs) Whoa, that's strange. Isn't it? I, who do you, which listener do you want to see where they sleep? None. Eddie on the north side? Oh, no. Chase on the south side? You know Eddie on the north side has one of those gamer chairs in his room, right? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I'm just asking you. You're the one. That you want to see where they're sleeping. No, the app. The app. I want you to take the app everywhere okay. with you. Not me personally. All right. Black and Abdallah, it's time for the song of the night. I want to rock! <laughs> Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Each night around 6.50, we play for you the Song of the Night. Tonight's song, Fuel Shimmer. She calls me from the cold. 1996. Just when I was low, feeling short of stable.
reference for the song tonight. We just went to the grab bag and pulled a rando. So not surprising the song is about a girl, Chris. Uh, oh, is it? Guitarist Chris Bell told VH1 Storytellers that this is about an ex-girlfriend he dated after high school that married someone else and then would call him to complain ooh, ooh. about her current husband. It's a rough go. Yeah, that is a rough go. This was like, this song was popular but Fuel didn't really get huge, huge until 2000 with Hemorrhage. I yeah. feel like Hemorrhage was way bigger. That was the number one hit. Than it, this song. This is like, uh, this is a good one that you hear uh, every once in a while on alternative radio. It's yeah. like, all right, I remember yeah. that song. Uh, Capitalist Czar in the chat says this reminds him of tight t-shirts at Structure. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a 90s Structure. Well, someone else said this is what the 90s sounded like. Absolutely. Yeah. This has uh, been compared to songs like early Dave Matthews and stuff like that. Fuel Shimmer, it's your song of the night. that dial because it's time for what dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an crank the volume because it's time for black and abdallah's song of the night yo you see the uh twitcher that says it's like i'm listening to the top nine at nine on q101 back in the day yeah (laughs) we'll be back in two minutes black and abdallah espn chicago chicago's home for sports 